Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock MBA Podcast. Today's episode is a bonus audio version of a viewer comments video I did from a few months ago. A lot of these questions come up over and over again in the comments and, you know, DMs and stuff like that. So I thought I would just republish that here to kind of answer them all in one place for anybody that may be wondering the same things but didn't want to actually ask. Before we get into it, a couple things that I wanted to mention. First of all, I just started a newsletter, an email newsletter. So every week I'm gonna send out a link to all the content I put out on my main channel, my second channel, podcast, any kind of interviews or other press stuff that I may have done. So if you wanna sign up for that and there will never be any ads or spam or any of that stuff that you don't want, if you want to sign up for that, you can go to prmbanewsletter.com. There's also a link to that in the show notes. I also want to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. We really, really, really appreciate your support. It means a lot to us. I'm sincerely grateful for each and every one of you who support. I do not ever take anybody's support for granted. Patrons get access to every show a week early. There is a members-only private Discord server that I'm in all the time. There's a chance to have me review your band or podcast, YouTube channel, graphic design portfolio, or anything else that you might want to get my feedback on. So if you were interested in that, you can go to patreon.com slash thepunkrockmba or to the link in the show notes of this podcast. And as always, I want to thank our producer and editor, Deanna Chapman. If you need help with the podcast, she is the person to talk to. There's a link to her site in the description as well. And with that out of the way, let's get into the episode. And that's just not smart. That's not what I want to do with my channel. That's not what I want to do with my life. That's not the kind of behavior that I want to encourage in other people. What's up, everybody? I'm Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA, and welcome back to my viewer comments series, where, as you might guess from the name, I answer your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas, and all that other stuff. This is my favorite part of this whole thing. I love talking with everybody. I love putting out ideas and then having a discussion about it. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong, but I just, I really honestly love talking to everybody. So thank you very much to everybody who sent in a question. Thank you to everybody who comments. First one from Stefixixixov. What do you think about the beat down hardcore scene, specifically the crowd killing thing? Do you approve of it or not? 
This question has come up quite a bit. My opinion of it is that I think it's kind of dumb. It's not something that I would ever do. I think it's kind of dumb when other people do it, but I also don't really see the point in complaining about it because it's kind of like, what did you expect? You know, you go see bands called like Hate Breed, Death Threat, Terror, Throwdown, like, and you're surprised that people at these shows are aggressive and kind of violent. To me, this is kind of like going to a monster truck rally and complaining about the noise. It's just kind of part of the deal for better or for worse. The one thing that really sucks is when someone who doesn't quite understand what's happening gets hurt. You know, I've seen lots of times where a metal kid ended up on a hardcore show and people were dancing violently and they like kind of took offense to it and shoved somebody and then they got rat packed by eight people and got their ass kicked. That kind of sucks too, but then again, on the other hand, if you're in a group of strangers and you don't know everybody and you don't quite understand what's happening, maybe don't start a shoving match with somebody. Next one from Michael Ross. What's your thoughts on all these 10th or 20th anniversary shows? Good marketing or just nostalgic? Well, I think they're both. I mean, nostalgia is a very powerful marketing tool. As far as my personal opinion, I'm not super interested in it. You are inherently a different person now than you were 20 years ago. And no matter how much you try to recreate that, you just, you can't, you're not the same person. I would just rather remember it for what it was than try to recreate that knowing that that can never really happen. But that's just my opinion. Who gives a shit what I think? If people still care 10 or 20 years later, like that tells you that they did something that was really special. And from Chimpanzee, were you ever in a band? I've never really been in a serious band because there's always other things I wanted to do with my life. I was always more focused on like school or my career or relationships than playing music. But a few years ago when I was learning how to record and mix and all that kind of stuff, I actually did do a one man slam band called Impedestalment. That's me doing everything but vocals, which are by Samantha Smith. There's only one song, but it is on Spotify if you wanna check it out. From Michael Len, ramen or pho? Both of these noodle soups are great, but this one's easy for me. My wife is Vietnamese, her family's from Vietnam, so I'm on team pho. If you haven't ever tried Vietnamese food, you're missing out. If your sister keeps borrowing your clothes, making you totally frustrated, then you can say it like this. Choi oi! From Jordan Moeller, what are your favorite bands outside of the genres you cover? I got a few questions about this, basically along the lines of like, what do you listen to that we might not expect? And you already know the answer to this if you happen to follow me on Spotify. Somebody commented about this, like, I follow you on Spotify and every time I look at what you're listening to, it's some lame shit like Ariana Grande or Demi Lovato. And that's true. That's the majority of what I listen to. Pop with female vocals, like those two are Katy Perry, Halsey, Dua Lipa, Kim Petras, Charlie XCX, Iggy Azalea, like any of that kind of stuff. Listen to a lot of rap, especially like trap, like Southern rap kind of stuff, Walmart country, anything and everything. Like I don't really care about genres. I just like good songs. Just fucking it up. You're getting money feel way better than busting enough. From Fop Doodle. I've seen articles saying record labels are bringing in a million dollars every hour from streaming. Obviously that's revenue before expenses, but I'm curious on your thoughts. If they make so much, why are there so many artists out there not making much off their music? Well, the answer to this is pretty simple. It's because of the way the deal works. Essentially, a label is a glorified bank. They give you some money upfront for the production and marketing and distribution of the album and some services that go along with that. 
in exchange for the majority of the royalties that come from that album. So this is a business decision that every artist has to make for themselves. Is it better for me to do this independently and keep 100% of the profits? Or is it better for me to essentially take on an investor and give up some share of the future profits because I think that having a smaller share of a bigger pie is better for me? So. When I see people complaining that labels get the majority of the revenue, I kind of go, well, yeah, that's the agreement that everybody signed. If you didn't like the terms of the agreement, you shouldn't have signed it. I know that might sound kind of harsh, but you know, it's just business. From Noah Richardson, I've unfollowed you on just about everything, but for whatever reason, I still get notified whenever your videos pop up. What do I need to do to ensure that I am no longer viewing your content? Definitely don't ever comment on or watch or otherwise engage with any of my content ever again because that will make YouTube think that you like my content, which clearly you don't. And along the same lines from Stannis the Manus, is there any video you regret making? Yes, there's two. Well, one and a half. The first one is my black metal video. I was fairly critical of it, although in my defense, probably 75% of what I said about black metal in that video was positive, but the reaction to that video was just awful. Thousands and thousands of super angry comments on that video. People made reaction videos about how awful it was, like it's the most disliked video on my channel by a mile. I think it has something like 4,000 dislikes. I just got like a flood of negative attention for it, which felt bad. And in hindsight, I should have known better. You make a video about black metal, especially a critical one, and of course that's what's gonna happen. And to be honest, I did come off as kind of a pompous dick in that video, so I was inviting that kind of energy. And that's just not smart. That's not what I wanna do with my channel. That's not what I wanna do with my life. That's not the kind of behavior that I wanna encourage in other people. So if I was to make a video about black metal, I would do it very differently. I probably would just choose not to discuss black metal at all because I do think that fandom is kind of inherently negative and is difficult to engage with in any kind of constructive way. So I'd probably just choose to avoid it. But either way, I definitely did not do a good job on that video and I do regret that one. The other one that I kind of sort of regret is the one a couple weeks ago about baby metal and Poppy. Now this one I give myself a little bit more of a break on because what I didn't know is that baby metal fans are super, super sensitive and touchy. You know, there's some of these bands that are like a third rail that I will never touch. System of Down, Dance Gavin Dance, Tool, Deftones, like all those bands where the fandom is really sensitive and if you say anything at all critical, they're gonna like jump on your shit. Well, I didn't know this, but it turns out Baby Metal is on that list as well. If you look at the comments in that video, you'll see why. Like their fans just like appeared like a swarm of defensive locusts. And more than that, you just really can't have any kind of productive discussion with those people because if you say anything at all critical, they're just gonna react emotionally and get super defensive instead of actually discussing the point with you. From Tom Longstaff, why do you tag all your photos with girls who vape? What's the matter, bro? You're not down with Vape Nation? If you really want to go down a dark, scary hashtag rabbit hole, check out the hashtag Lady Dippers. <laughs> chugga chugga choo choo. <laughs> Thomas the Dank Engine. From John Goins. Out of all the people you've met and interviewed, who made you want to fangirl the most? Well, I don't really fangirl about bands, but the last time I had that kind of like, oh my God, kind of moment was at the Amazon Christmas party. I sat next to the guy who created Java, like the programming language Java. And if you know anything about like computer science or software engineering, you know what a big deal that is. He's the guy that essentially pioneered virtualization as we know it, which is at the core of cloud computing and cloud computing is at the core of 
you know, basically everything. So what he did when he created Java back in the 90s really legitimately did change the world. And it was really cool that I got the chance to kind of just randomly end up sitting next to him at the Christmas party. Cool guy, very humble. From N. Pharaoh. Without sounding like a dick, why do you use such clickbaity style titles for such thoughtful videos? You generally have a good perspective and I learn a lot from you, but the titles all feel like crappy BuzzFeed headlines. Well, this actually comes down to one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from my friend Fluff from Ryan Bruce, the guitar YouTuber that a lot of you guys probably know. He said, when it comes to title and thumbnail, if you're not cringing, you're not doing it right. You're never gonna watch any of my videos if you don't click in the first place. So that is why thumbnail and title are so important. I would say that that's maybe the most important thing for growing on YouTube is getting really good at clickbait thumbnails and titles. And also, I just think it's really fun to come up with these really cringy, shitty clickbait thumbnails and titles. It's my art, bro. Let me do my art. From Dwayne Nash. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. 
And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Will you dress like this when you are 60? I get a lot of comments about the way I dress and this really puzzled me for a while because I don't think there's anything especially unusual about the way I dress, but then I realized what was happening. I live in Seattle and out here on the West Coast, if you go to the mall, there's tons of guys my age that dress like me. It's not even slightly unusual. So I was like, why do people think this is such a big deal? And then I realized what was happening. Probably a lot of them live in Europe where I'm guessing guys my age don't dress like this. Or maybe they live in like Kansas City or something like that, where again, people probably don't dress like this. But out here on the West Coast, it's super normal for somebody my age to dress like this. So yeah, we'll probably all dress like this when we're 60. From Proto Wrath, what are some artists you like where the only reason you gave them a shot was the marketing, promo, or album art? I did this a ton back in the day because you know back in the 90s you couldn't really listen to music before you bought it other than if you had a compilation or something like that. So most of the time I based my buying decision on A, if somebody in a band I liked had worn their shirt or B, the cover art. So if it had a cool like Dan Seagrave death metal painting on the cover, I'd give it a shot. And usually that worked out, but there's a few times where I got really burned the big one being Christian Death, because I mean, that name is super metal. They have kind of a spiky metal kind of logo. The album art is really dark. I was expecting it to sound like Slayer or The Accused or Sepultura or something, and uh, definitely does not sound like Slayer. From Chris Flores, when you or most people talk about metalcore, why is it always the 2000s era stuff, like Escape the Fate or whatever bands like that, and never All Out War, Integrity, 100 Demons, and bands like that? Well, this makes me wonder if you've watched a lot of my videos, and I'm not saying that like in a snarky way. I just legitimately wonder if you watch them because if I'm being honest, I probably find a way to shoehorn 90s metalcore into my videos more often than I should. I'm pretty sure that I talk about it more than anybody else that has any kind of platform. A couple of the ones you might want to watch would be the What Killed Metalcore one, the What Killed Deathcore one. I did a video about Earth Crisis. I talk about Earth Crisis all the time, as you guys make fun of me for in the comments. Uh, I talk about it quite a bit in my Fallout Boy video. I mean, I talk about 90s metalcore quite a bit. From Blakeosaurus Rex, do you think social media has overtaken the value of touring for aspiring bands? Yes, I totally do. And I think that the idea of like using shows and touring as a way of building up your audience is kind of outdated. Talked about this a little bit with Johnny Frank from Bill Murray on my podcast with him. So think about it this way. Which do you think would help your band more? If you spent, you know, 10 days and a couple thousand dollars doing a regional tour, playing to, you know, 30 or 40 people a night. Or on the other hand, what if you took that 10 days and a couple thousand dollars and you made a bunch of content for social media, which is going to reach a hundred or a thousand times as many people as you would reach playing those shows. I think it's pretty obvious that your time would be better spent on social media. Now, if you enjoy playing shows and you just want to do it because you like playing music, then go for it. But if you're doing it as a marketing vehicle, I don't think that's where your time is best spent. From Water Wiping, why is Deicide so underrated? Good question, because if you are into old school death metal and you're not into the first couple Deicide albums, you are fucking up. I think the reason why they're so underrated is because honestly, probably everything they did after that first two or three is not great. So I think whatever legacy that they established on those albums, they kind of squandered with the other ones. But yeah, great band. From Carrie Haddon, what happened to the We Need to Talk About Artist series? I was really hoping for Johnny Craig video. Well, I'm still doing those. Uh, I did one about Ronnie Radke. The one I did about Henry Rollins was not named that, but it's essentially the same idea. And the reason I haven't done one about Johnny Craig, even though a lot of people have asked for it, is because I don't think there's any way that you could do that without talking about addiction. And 
I don't feel comfortable talking about something that personal about somebody without getting their input. So, you know, that's a line I just don't really want to cross. But I would love to do that video if Johnny or anybody who knows him is watching. Get in touch if you're out there. From Matthew Kurtz, what are some hidden gems of the Seattle area that visitors should check out? So the city of Seattle is super cool. You should go do all the tourist stuff like Pike Place Market, Museum of Pop Culture, the Space Needle, all that stuff. But what's really cool about Seattle is all the nature stuff around it. Because as far as I'm aware, this is the only city in the continental U.S., where you can stand on a sandy beach and look in either direction and see snow-covered mountains, for example. Like, that's pretty cool. There's a bunch of waterfalls, Wallace Falls, Snoqualmie Falls, Bridal Veil Falls is fucking spectacular. It looks like something out of Skyrim. But the one thing I would suggest, if you have like a whole day, go to Friday Harbor. That's my favorite place like in the whole area. It's a little island town kind of up near Canada. You take a 90 minute ferry ride through these like insanely beautiful islands. You'll see like whales and seals and shit. And then you get to Friday Harbor. There's like a cute little touristy downtown area. They have boat tours, stuff like that. So yes, by all means, explore the city of Seattle. But in my opinion, if you are in the Seattle area, like the nature stuff is where it's at more than the city. From Kristen Olas, how would you go about contacting companies about sponsorship? Thanks. Okay, so I'm gonna answer this, not specifically about sponsorship, but just how do you reach out to people in general? Because I get a lot of pitches about stuff. What you need to do when you reach out to people, whether that's sponsorship or asking to be on a playlist or whatever else it is, you need to reach out to them with two things. One, you need to include some sort of a message that shows them that this isn't a copy-pasted spam thing, that you have put some thought into why you're reaching out to this person. And second, you need to have a very clear ask about exactly what you want from them. So you say, hey, Kristen, I'm a big fan of what you do over on your channel. I really like the video about blah, blah, blah. Really good insight about how they did X, Y, and Z. Anyway, the reason I'm reaching out is because I would love for you to be involved with our new festival. It's called blah, 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 blah. What I would love to do with you is X. It's gotta be super clear what you're asking for. That's where I see a lot of people go wrong. Like, don't just say, I would love to work together because like, I don't know what that means. From Joao Rufino. Could you post more stuff on your second channel in general and do a video about LinkedIn along the lines of the two videos about Instagram you did there? So for those of you who don't know, I have a second channel where I talk about business and marketing and personal development, stuff like that. I would like to put more stuff on there. I will get back on it, I promise. But to his second point, if you're into that kind of stuff, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's exactly the kind of content I'm publishing over there. From the Mole Man 54, how important are Sirius XM stations such as Octane for attracting new fans? It's really interesting to me that so many rock fans care about radio and like Sirius XM. People ask about this a lot. I haven't listened to the radio in probably 15 or 20 years. So this is outside my area of expertise, but I asked a few people who would know, people who manage some of these bigger like radio rock artists that you've heard of. And they all told me the same thing, which is that uh, XM and radio in general is not good for breaking a new artist, but for an artist that already has broken through on the kind of scene level, like say Beartooth, that it's good for breaking them from the scene level to like the national more like mainstream level. From Alex Weinmuller, any tips for someone who's trying to stay away from alcohol and drugs? I believe you mentioned in some videos being in a dark place at a point in your life, but you pulled yourself out and stayed away from that kind of stuff. All right, so this is a big topic. There's no way I could possibly do it justice here in this format, but the one thing I would say is that why are you self-medicating with that stuff is the question. You need to fix those issues first or you're gonna have a very hard time dealing with the substance abuse on its own. So is it toxic relationships? Is it 
you know, past trauma that you haven't gotten over? Is it mental health? Or oftentimes it's some combination of those three things. You gotta get help for those things before you're gonna be able to sort out the substance abuse issue part on its own, I think. Use whatever resources you have. It may take a while, but hang in there. I promise you can get through it. From Sparkle. What was the baddest injury you had after a concert? I don't think I've ever really gotten hurt at a show, but here's the worst one I ever saw. So I saw Earth Crisis on uh, maybe 97 or 98, and to make a long story short, a fight broke out at the show. Some people there were attacking them, getting up on stage and stuff, and Ian from Earth Crisis took his base to defend himself and swung it like an axe at one of the people that was coming at him, but he missed that guy and hit some poor kid in the head with it and like gashed this kid's head open. Everything got broken up, like the show was over, so as people were filing out this poor kid's like sitting on the side of the stage with blood pouring out of his head and ian's like uh hey sorry about that man like i didn't mean to hit you the kid's like ah, that's, that's okay like literally dripping blood that's probably the worst thing i ever saw from rianu keeves can you do album reviews you know, I did one about issues just because issues are my friends and I care so much about the band and I really wanted to explain why I was excited about the album. But in general, like my channel is not really about music fandom exactly or about listening to music. It's more about the culture and trends and business around music. So. You know, there's a lot of people out there that do album reviews and do them better than I think I could. I feel like album reviews wouldn't really fit in with my channel. From Cole, I'm a freshman in college studying marketing and looking to work in the music industry. What things that I should be doing now to prepare and help myself break in the industry? Okay, so I actually made a whole video about this called how to get a job in the music industry. You can search for that or I'll put a link in the description. What it comes down to is it's gonna be networking. You're gonna be in the right place at the right time. So what you should do is develop a specific skill so that when you go out and meet people, you are the first person they think of when it comes to your skill, whether it's photography or Facebook ads or tour manager, whatever it is that you do, have a clear skill and get to know a lot of people and eventually something will happen and you'll get your foot in the door and then it'll be off to the races. From CS Hall, any tips for building a daily or weekly routine that maximizes productivity? Well, I think it's really what you said, it's routine. So like I eat the same thing every day, I get up at the same time every day, like my gym routine is the same time every day. I try to make everything as routine as possible because I don't want to think about that stuff. I don't want to think about what to eat. I don't want to think about what time to go to the gym. I want to spend all my mental energy on doing shit that actually requires it, like my work. From calling Twitch 5655, when are you and Anthony Fantano going to collaborate on something? I actually did a video on his channel last summer when he was on tour about, I think it was like the top nine metalcore classics you slept on or something. So we already did. And I should take this opportunity to say thank you, Anthony. He's given me a shout out a few times. It really helped the channel and it means a lot to me. And from the Bugman94, this is a really good one. Why do you come across rude or mean? To be completely honest, sometimes I get really irritated by my commenters. The ones who are just like shitty haters, that doesn't really bother me. Like if they just make fun of the way I look. What irritates me is when people say things and I feel like they didn't really think about it or they didn't watch the video. It's like, when I feel like people are acting stupid, that's what makes me angry and irritates me. And that's when I say something shitty back to them. And that's what makes people like this guy look at me and go, what a dick. And that's something I need to work on. You know, that comes with the territory of being in the public eye like this. And I can't let that stuff get to me. I gotta be better at letting that stuff go. I appreciate that this person brought it to my attention. And if you're watching this, I would love your help in holding me accountable to that. 
I gotta be better. And speaking of which, I also want to apologize to NASCAR BLK on Twitter. I used one of his tweets in my Amir video where I said that he was being selfish about asking Frankie to kind of bring up those emotions. He DM'd me and said that's not what he meant. So I know just as well as anybody how irritating it is when people take your words out of context and you use them in a way that you didn't intend. If I ever do that, I always wanna make it right. So thank you for reaching out to me and I apologize. All right, guys, that does it for this edition of Viewer Comments. Thank you to everybody who submitted a question. If you want to see the answers to all your business and marketing questions, check them out on my second channel. I'll probably have those up like next week sometime. Make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn. Also, if you want to get more business content, And as always, I want to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon, especially those of you who support at the True Cult level or above. It is because of your support that we're able to do the podcast. Because of the support of the patrons, I was able to hire a producer and editor to help me do that. So thank you very much to her. Thank you very much to the patrons. I sincerely appreciate your support. I don't take any of it for granted ever. Patrons get access to every show a week early. I do live stream Q and A's. I do a couple other things. There's an opportunity for me to review your band or YouTube channel or podcast or anything else you want to submit to me. So if any of that sounds interesting, check it out at the link in the description. And with that, I will sign off for now, but I will see you next time. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.